Hi there, I'm Kelly Martin, and welcome to this special bite-sized episode of Making It Work, the podcast where you get sound advice from remarkable entrepreneurs brought to you by FedEx. This is not a new episode, but a collection of some of the best bits from season one, episode nine, where we tackled the tricky topic of when to scale your business and asked, can big ever be too big? Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. Scaling your business is the holy grail. It's all about making more revenue with the same amount of effort. It relies on a proven concept and strong fundamentals. You get it right, and before you know it, you're a unicorn. Sounds easy, right? Well, let's speak to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. I'd like you to meet Akila, owner of Memphis-based Edge Entity, a company that makes products to stimulate hair growth. It was such a runaway success that at the beginning, she could hardly keep up with the orders. Initially, I felt like my business kind of grew, but I was afraid to scale my business and to grow my business because I didn't think that I would have enough supply for the demand. So initially I was like, okay, we'll keep the sales down. But who wants to do that? Why would you do that? Why would you, you know, you keep the sales down? But at the same time, if you know you can't deliver, you the last thing you want to do is, you know, oversell, overpromise, and then you can't deliver to your customers. Scaling up too much can be a bad thing, though, if you can't deliver. It seems that if you want to scale your business, you have to be willing to give up control. Take Dana. She's owner of Anna Ono, a Philadelphia-based company that makes lingerie for women who've undergone mastectomies. My sales were increasing so quickly that I actually literally could not afford to make my product fast enough to service my customer. I had to take a moment of pause. I had to take a moment of inner reflection and to say to myself, what's more important, that I continue to make the world a better place and I help other women who have faced disastrous life changes and in their minds and in their bodies and that I didn't own it 100%, but I was at least still doing good? Or do I stay small and help a smaller percentage of those women, but own my company outright? And the answer to myself was, I want to help as many women as I can possibly potentially help. And I can't do that without me asking for help. As a founder, as an independent person, as a type A, it's really hard to ask for help and it's really hard to give things up. But it has in turn matured me as a person. It's matured me professionally and it's absolutely matured my business. Our next entrepreneur, David, says this is why you should think about scaling from day one. He's owner of Shark Wheel, a California-based business that makes square wheels designed for tough terrain. In his mind, you should choose your best idea and run with it, even if that means putting other potentially lucrative projects on the back burner. How do you choose which ones of the hundreds to do? In the beginning, you got it. It was kind of a guess. And a lot of them didn't work out, you know, <laughs> made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. So trying to decide which one it was, you know, best guesses in the beginning. But then after a period, it becomes that low hanging fruit. You're always picking the ones that you think you can monetize the quickest and the best. And when we first launched, we were inundated with people saying, oh, we want to try your wheel on our um horse cart that we use to shoe horses. And another guy would be, oh, I want to put it on luggage. So all of these opportunities to scale were there. And we had to literally tell every single one of them, 
can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. It wasn't that we didn't have the money. We didn't have the time. There's only so much you can do. So you scale to your abilities. Two people who could have maybe done with a cash injection to scale more quickly are Diana and Jean. They're owners of Chicago-based company, The Groomsman Suits, which makes suits and tuxedos for weddings. They're also the ones we'll finish up with. At the beginning, they had to spend all of their revenue on inventory. But after making the tough financial decision to invest in an extra pair of hands, they could concentrate on laying the foundations of a strong customer-focused enterprise. As soon as we felt like we were the experts at what we were doing, we thought, okay, time to hand it off. Like, we've figured this out, we've created tools, we're making our lives easier. Now, let's just show another person how to do this as, as well, if not better. Most than of the time, it's better. <laughs> yeah. And then it was always amazing because once you bring another person into the fold, your capacity to grow the business, you know, doubles or grows with the amount of talent and people, that manpower that you're adding. Because I think we wanted, we knew, we felt the boom happening, we knew we needed help. But the money situation of like, okay, we're at this tipping point of we have a lot of money coming in, but we need a lot more suits because this volume is going wild. But we have to hire somebody because in three weeks we are going to be underwater and we can't manage the phone calls, the emails, and do smart things for the business. That's it for this bite size episode. If you don't want to miss out on new ones, be sure to subscribe. And if you're enjoying what we're doing here at Making It Work, why not give us a rating and review? We read them all. If you'd like to know more about the entrepreneurs featured in this podcast or want to listen to the entire episode, head to fedex.com slash makingitwork.